Hello and welcome to Local Matters. We are talking today about education matters, particularly 4-H in our schools. And our special guest is Dr. Dennis Duncan, Professor of Agricultural Education at Tennessee Tech University. Dennis, welcome. Thank you for so much for having me. Well, I'm delighted that you uh, you could join us. Uh, some of our listeners may not know you, so tell everyone a little bit about your background, where you grew, grew up, schools, things like that. Great. Thank you. Um, yeah, I grew up a uh, family farming operation in southern Michigan, born and raised in Michigan, um, spent some time in Indiana as well, and uh, attended Michigan State University and Purdue University, and uh Finished my PhD at Michigan State, and uh, my first position out of graduate school was at Virginia Tech, and was in beautiful Blacksburg for nearly seven years, and then uh, migrated further south to the University of Georgia, and I was there for uh, a little over twelve years, and then uh, my wife and I, Kathy, moved to Cookville, and I started a position here at Tennessee Tech in January of seventeen. How so. about that? Well, you've been to Blacksburg and to Athens and Cookville. You've been to some pretty towns. I have. Yes, I have. That's, uh, th- that's great. And um, uh, recently, uh, there was an article in the paper about you hosting um, about 300 4-H members who are ninth graders to 12th graders, and they came from all over the southeast, it sounded like. Tell us about what they were doing at Tennessee Tech and what that Southern Region Teen Leadership Conference was all about. Certainly. Um, National 4-H, it's a Southeast Regional, as you mentioned, Dr. Bell, and it's a wonderful opportunity for youth from as far west as Texas and Oklahoma to as, as far east as Virginia and the Carolinas down to Florida and so we had um, this year they had over 300 students at the York 4-H Center in Cumberland County. And so they come for about a three-and-a-half-day uh, tenure working on leadership skills. They, they cover a number of areas of STEM. Uh, they do a lot of uh, group work and learning how to work with others in small teams. It's a really active opportunity for these youth, and it, it really gets involved with part of 4-H's motto, and that is learn by doing. There's a lot of experiential learning that goes on at the camp during that time. And so we, we've been blessed since 2019 to host that group on a Saturday morning. And I invited them. I, I met with the state staff a number of years ago, which is housed at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville. Mm-hmm. And I said, we'd love to bring these kids to tech. How can we do that? And so we talked, and we decided on that Saturday morning they wanted to get away from the camp and do something different. So we started in 19, and uh, about three weeks ago, we had, as you said, over 300 youth on our campus. Wow. They uh, they arrive about 9 o'clock in the morning. Um, we spend some time in Derryberry Auditorium, and uh, we the admissions, does, admissions folks on campus, they do a wonderful program to introduce them to Tennessee Tech. And then we split them, so it's kind of like a mini tech showcase for for about two and a half hours on campus. So I have a I had a small army of of uh, students from the College of Agriculture and uh-huh. Human Ecology assist me, and we break them into groups of about thirty, and they go to different departments and units on campus, and they learn about those units, and then we'll split them. They'll rotate and go to a second uh, college department or unit, and then we conclude with about a forty five minute uh, scavenger hunt across campus. So they get a chance to walk the campus. And that particular day was a beautiful day. 
And then we bring them back to Oakley Hall, and we feed them lunch there in front of Oakley. And then they board their buses around 1230, and they head back to the camp. So it's just a wonderful. Well, that's, that's an action-packed day. It, it is busy. You're right. It's, it is packed. Well, you um, you mentioned there are 300 of them or so. That must have been a handful to get on the campus at one time. It, it takes some logistics. You're right. And I, I work very closely with uh, four agents from different states that help organize this event. And uh, so we, we work quite a bit. We spend about a month in planning, and then I work with faculty on our campus who have volunteered their Saturday morning to offer these 20-minute sessions. Sure. And so it's, it's, a, it's a true team effort. It really is. Um, thanks to faculty at Tech and the agents that work uh, both in Georgia and Tennessee worked with me on this this year. And again, the students in our college are just, they do a tremendous job of. I know I've worked with the Ag Ambassadors program in the, in the past, and you're right. Anytime you get students to be the ambassadors, uh, other students like that. They, they, they really do. The, the high school students really look up to the college students, yeah. and, and they really gravitate and, and uh, pay attention to what they say. And so it, it's a wonderful opportunity for all of them. Well, tell us a bit more about 4-H. It's a very healthy high school and and even younger program uh, all across the nation, but especially in the South. Talk about the goals of 4-H and sort of what uh, what happens when students are involved in it. I'd love to, and I and I'm passionate about 4-H because I was a 4-H member for six years in the state of Michigan, and it it opened doors for me that I never knew existed growing up in a small farming community. Uh, you know, I, my high school graduating class was 72 students, and I got a tra- chance to travel across the United States when I was in 4-H, and I would have never had those opportunities if I hadn't been a member of, of that wonderful organization. Nationally now, I, the membership is close to 6 million uh, wow. involved in 4-H programming. It's a wonderful leadership development organization. It's They claim to be the largest youth organization in the country. Uh, so they, they offer a number of programs – not only for rural youth, which that was the foundation of 4-H. It, it really started in the early 1900s, and I believe Ohio claims to be the first. With, at that time, um, it was a club for for boys and girls, and it really started out as a corn club for boys. If you can imagine the Midwest, you know, corn production is a, is a big deal. And it was a canning club for girls. So, you know, it was very much a rural organization, Today, it, I suspect it probably reaches as many, if not more, urban kids than rural kids, uh, because as we have, we're blessed in Tennessee to have 4-H programming in every county, all 95 counties, and a lot of the club activities for these youth happen during the school day. So they, you know, it, it's really unique for kids who may not be able to attend evening meetings, mm-hmm. you know, due to various reasons. So it, that 4-H comes to the classroom once a month. Uh, in the school systems, and so it just is a wonderful opportunity. And here in, in Putnam County, we're blessed to have two 4-H agents right here uh, at our county office, which is right off of Walnut Street behind the fairgrounds, and they, they do a tremendous job with our youth. Um, just quickly, numbers across Tennessee, uh, we're a little over 180,000 wow. members. Wow. And so, you know, the folks at, uh, with Corporate Extension, which, just, which is, as you know, is housed at University of Tennessee, Knoxville, and Tennessee State University. We're blessed to have two land-grant universities here in the state. They manage the statewide programming. And 
4-H is is focused on agriculture in many ways, but a lot of these students don't end up in agriculture when they get in college, do they? No, you're right. The foundation is still there. Agriculture is still a big part of it, but they do a lot of work in STEM. And as you know, with science, technology, engineering, and math, uh, healthy living is another big area of of 4-H, as is leadership building and service. Service is another really big component. And a quick example is this: uh, the, the students that came to Tech on that Saturday, they have a big service project. So they were leaving our campus and going to Walmart, and they had raised funds to buy school supplies. And they, have, they had targeted a rural school uh, that needed school supplies for youth in Appalachia. And so those supplies were going back to that, those needy kids in that rural school. So service is a big component of 4-H. Well, and that, that's great that they get that opportunity. And service is also a, 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 just a vital part of leadership training. What other kind of leadership experiences do they get typically in, in 4-H? They can, they can be a local leader in their club. Uh, they can be an officer in their club. Then there are, there are district offices where they can be mm-hmm. a district officer. And then kind of the pinnacle would be uh, on the state leadership uh, team uh, and, and represent, as I mentioned, that 180,000 four acres around the yeah. state. And wow. So they have a, a state congress every year in Nashville. And then if, if they're fortunate enough, and this, the, I was blessed to be able to go to national congress my freshman year of college, which at that time was in downtown Chicago, but now uh, national congress is in Atlanta. And so then they would represent not only uh, Tennessee, but the national membership if they were allowed to, you know, earn the right to attend National Congress, which is a wonderful opportunity. And what kind of STEM activities do they engage in when they're at York or anywhere else? Is it agriculture focused or is it a broader approach to science, technology, engineering, and math? It's a, a broader approach. Agriculture is part of that. They uh-huh. they do some work with uh, greenhouse crops, and they're expanding that program at York. Uh, the environment is a big piece, looking at water quality and soil, um, not only soil quality, but soil management there. At the, at the 4-H Center, uh, robotics is a big component of 4-H today and has been for a number of years. Uh, and, and looking at other STEM or science fields, and introducing those uh, to the students through guest speakers and uh, actual hands-on experience at the 4-H Center. Well, it sounds like they get just a uh, truly a, a full load of, of experience during during that time. Now, when they were here at Tech, uh, they looked at more than just agriculture, didn't they? They got a sense of the whole campus. They, they really did. They they uh, The College of Education was involved. Interdisciplinary Studies was involved. Engineering was involved, as was chemistry. So they, they were introduced to a number of um, wonderful majors and, and colleges on campus. And last year we had more colleges represented, but just because of the timing we couldn't right. – College of Business couldn't participate, nor could the STEM Center. And the STEM Center, as you know, is just a – incredible facility usually the host for those activities that's a right lot of times yeah. exactly a lot of great things that uh, that go on there well it it just sounds like they had a great experience on campus and uh, your work as site coordinator just made it a uh, made it a special and a memorable day for them well we're going to broaden our discussion after we take a very quick break 
We'll come back. This is Local Matters, and we'll be right back. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardy's. Shop local at Office Mart. Welcome back to Local Matters. We are talking to Dr. Dennis Duncan from Tennessee Tech's College of Agriculture. Dennis, we were talking most of the time in the first segment about 4-H and 4-H activities, but there's another program that also is both college and high school, uh, FFA. Tell us about the similarities and the differences between Future Farmers of America, as it originally was known, and um, and 4-H. Love to. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. National FFA organization, as you mentioned, Future Farmers, um, they, they moved away from that, that description or that title, if you will, uh, back in the late 1980s. I remember that well because I was in college at the time. To try to draw a more diverse audience to the organization. Sure. And it is, again, a tremendous organization in way of leadership. Um, leadership and, and back to STEM. Um, and so there's, I don't have the exact number, but I think we're probably close to 700,000 members across the country. Here in Tennessee, we're blessed to have FFA in a number of high schools across the state from East Tennessee to the Mississippi River. And our membership in Tennessee, I believe, is hovering around twenty-eight to 29,000. We're one of the higher uh, membership states in the country. One of the differences you asked in regards to 4-H and FFA, uh, 4-H has a membership as, as, as early as elementary school. Uh, whereas FFA is middle school, and and that's okay. where we're seeing our growth is in middle school programs. We're we're seeing more and more counties uh, develop FFA programs, agro science programs in those systems. White County, for example, started a brand new middle school program this fall um, in Sparta. We're we're blessed here in Putnam County. We have at least two that I'm aware of. Uh, middle school programs uh, here in in the county, one in, uh, right here in Cookville at Prescott South Middle. They have a, a really unique program that I've been collaborating with with my students now for a couple of years. And I, I must make a note, though, that even at the elementary level, which is very, very rare across the country, we have an elementary school here, Jerry Whitson Elementary. Um, and, and Beverly has really led the charge on that program for a number of years. And so we they've got agri-science, not FFA, but they have agri-science in their curriculum at Jerry Whitson, which is a wonderful opportunity for those youth. And gets them a little interested in things that might lead to FFA or 4-H later. Exactly, exactly. And so it, it, she, she's done a tremendous job out there at Jerry Whitson. Um, but with FFA, it is connected to our agri-science curriculum. So in order to be an FFA member, you have to be enrolled 
in an agri-science class at the middle or high school level. And beyond leadership, it, it provides opportunities for them. Again, this this whole hands-on experiential learning approach that uh, if I look at some of the early philosophers of the 20th century, John Dewey would be proud of what we're doing in the FFA because he was all about experiential learning and looking at the whole student, yes. and that's what the FFA does. They F, Both 4-H and FFA does a tremendous job of, of you know, it, when we talk about education and we look at some of the research in education is is youth reach that adolescent middle school age, they're trying to discover where they fit in. And with 4-H and FFA, it, it provides a tremendous uh, option for them to feel connected and to find a place where they can really grow, and uh, and they do. And they can feel, um, they, can, they can experience it, as you said. It is an experiential kind of thing, and they all like animals at that age. They, they, they can relate to farm issues, agricultural issues, so it's a natural for a young child to to get involved in in one of these two. I know back uh, while I was president, uh, our current congressman, John Rose, and his wife, Chelsea, were both very, very active at national and at state FFA. And uh, I got to do some things with him in Nashville and up here, too. And it's just wonderful to see the the eyes light up among the students. That's right. Um, Yeah, Chelsea and John are still very, very involved, very, very supportive. Uh, Chelsea is our state director for the FFA Foundation, has done tremendous things in her short tenure at the foundation there, there upstairs in Oakley Hall. It is, again, going back to the leadership opportunities. In, in FFA, it's a little broader. Um, they have basically four broad categories you can focus on. Uh, SAEs, which is supervised agricultural experiences. And even though the word agriculture is in there, as you know, um, Dr. Bell, that, that is very broad. I mean, we could, our, our public supermarket here in town yes. or Kroger, that's agriculture, right? That's right. the foundation of the supermarket. And so we have... We have kids who can have a placement, like an internship or summer position at a supermarket and count that as part of their SAE. Hardware store, tractor supply. Exactly. All of those are connected to agriculture. And so it goes beyond. We still have youth who will work on a family farm in the summer or uh, involved in production agriculture, but it goes far beyond, you know, the production side. So they can be involved with SAEs. There are numerous leadership opportunities that they can be engaged in beyond being just a, uh, an officer in their FFA chapter. Uh, and so it, and it's not only rural, but we're seeing, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of growth in urban sectors. And we have, we have agri-science programs in Davidson County. Uh, we have agri-science programs down in, uh, in the south of the state, across the state, Hamilton County. Uh, we th- so it's just a, a unique opportunity as 4-H is for kids that, as you mentioned earlier, don't have a farm background, don't have sure. an ag background, but they can find something they get excited about. And so that's wonderful. And that's part of the, the key to keeping them in school and getting them excited about going on to college. I uh, I remember a, a funny story involving Kroger's. Oh, this has been a number of years ago now because the gentleman involved was a professor of agriculture, Clyde Hyder, who now the Hyderberg Center is named for out at, out at Tech Farm. We were hosting a, um, a, a kids on campus morning. I've forgotten what it was called that year, but busloads and busloads of elementary age children came out to the Tech Farm. Mr. Hyder was going to show them how to milk a cow and get some of them involved in that. And so he brought a cow up. 
and then brought a gallon of milk in a plastic jug up. And uh, he leaned against the cow and held up the milk jug and said, now, can you tell me where this comes from? And one of the little guys raised his hand and said, Kroger's? (laughs) he, He did not make the connection to the cow, but he knew you could buy your milk at at Kroger's. So anyway, that was not the answer that, that Clyde Heider was looking for that day. But well, both of those organizations, both FFA and, and 4-H just do um, a, a great job of getting students um, involved early. And you mentioned STEM activity. I know today robotics and drones are a big part of agriculture. Mm-hmm. So it's something, even if you've got a, a child that's uh, really drawn to gaming and things like that. They can find a career dealing with things that are really important to the field of agriculture, can't they? You're exactly right. There there are so many unique opportunities in that field. And here at Tennessee Tech, we have faculty in the College of Agriculture and Human Ecology that uh, specialize in with drones and, and, and looking at. Uh, it's amazing to me what you can do in flying over a field uh, with, with a system where they can they can take video and still shots and identify in a particular field if there's an insect infestation yes. in an area or weeds that are causing reduction in yields, et cetera. Just amazing. And we, we have a, we have a self-driving uh, UTV four-seater uh, out at Heiderberg's, as you mentioned earlier, with a, with a rig on the back so you can program it and just let it drive itself across the field and pull soil samples. And, it, yeah, the technology – so you're right. A lot of kids can get excited about it who may not have any interest at all in the production side of agriculture – but the technology gets them excited, and, and, and we can pull them in with that. And, and that's just one more great way to get them engaged in possibly their, their future career. Well, we're going to take another quick break, and we will be back for our third segment of Local Matters. Welcome back to Local Matters. We are talking to Dennis Duncan from the College of Agriculture at Tennessee Tech University, technically the College of Agriculture and Human Ecology. Both of those are a big part of 4-H, so they, they fit with what we're talking about today. Uh, but Dennis, let's let's talk about you and the classes you teach for a while. Tell us a little bit about what you're teaching this semester and sort of what your specialty areas are. Love to, and thanks for asking. I came to Tennessee Tech, as I mentioned earlier, in, in January, 17 um, and came as the director for the School of Agriculture. And I did that for nearly three years. And we had a vacancy in the School of Ag in my background, which, as you mentioned, is agricultural education. And I, I really missed the classroom. I, as an undergraduate, I was a high school agri-science teacher for many years in the state of Indiana, FFA advisor. Um, so really my entire career, in addition to some farming part-time, I've been a teacher and I, I just felt really called. So I worked with our dean, Dr. Darren Smith in the, in the college, and he was uh, really good to work with me and said, let's move you into that vacant position. So I was very blessed to have that opportunity. So my background is agricultural and extension education. And so I've, I've been involved in teaching at the university, community colleges where I got started. Love that and decided that was the audience I wanted to teach was college-age students, not go back to the high school classroom. And so that that led me to a PhD. And, and um, so my, with my background, uh, mainly the courses I teach or the courses I teach here at, at Tennessee Tech are specifically education-based courses uh, to help train young people who want to be a high school agri-science teacher or a middle school agri-science teacher. In addition to that, I teach uh, a course in leadership and service at Tech, 
and I've, I've taught uh, our professors in the industry course as well. I have a part of my background is is higher ed administration, and uh, I, I, I love teaching young people about the importance of of leadership and helping them discover uh, their skill sets they may be unaware of in leadership and and uh, communication. And so those are additional courses I teach. But my main focus is preparing young people who want to go into the classroom. And, and that, to me, is very fulfilling. Well, it's a, it's a great calling. And uh, there's just a opportunity in agriculture that sometimes we don't think about. You, as you said, you served as director of the, of the School of Ag at Tech for several years. So tell us a little bit about the, the School of Agriculture and about the uh, uh, the majors that students can can pursue there. It, we're a very diverse school. Um, that's one of the things that really uh, drew me to Tennessee Tech was such diversity uh, in a in a smaller college on campus. Where, as you know, Doctor Bell, we're one of the smaller campuses, not the smallest. We we total between agriculture and human ecology, we're probably at four fifty five hundred students. That's a benefit to us and a benefit to our students because we build this real close relationship with our, with our young people, and that's one of the things I, I truly enjoy. We have 10 different concentrations in the School of Agriculture, so you can come to us and study soils, horticulture, business, um, education with me. There, we have a agricultural communications unit, uh, animal science. Our biggest uh, concentration would be pre-veterinarian science, and so we – we have a, a, a large number of young people who come to us who aspire to be veterinarians when they uh, finish and go on to vet school. And so those are it's a very diverse school with a lot of opportunities for our young people. And we, another thing that really impressed me was the, the size of our, I'll call our outdoor laboratory space. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, we, we've got, you mentioned Heiderberg's, that arena, you know, 2,000-plus seat arena in an institution the size of Tennessee Tech is very impressive. You I don't mean, expect to find that no, at you, this kind of a university. You won't find that at land-grant institutions right. uh, that are two or three times our size. Uh, and we're, we're blessed you know, to have the Shipley Farm. They're just you know, three or four miles uh, west of our campus, uh, which has greenhouse structures and beef cattle and sheep and, and, and swine for teaching and research. And then uh, as you know, we were very blessed a few years ago to acquire the the Oakley Farm in Livingston, and that is just a tremendous outdoor laboratory of nearly 1,200 acres. Uh, and it's a phenomenal resource. It oh, really is. It really is. It's such a beautiful piece of property as well. Um, I remember uh, one morning a very early phone call while I was president, and it was Millard Oakley on the on the phone, and he said, have you been up to check on our cows yet? And I said, what? And he said, those cows have been up since daybreak. Have you been up here to check? And I said, Mr. Oakley, if you need me up there, I'm on my way. That's great. <laughs> and he, he had a lot of fun on that farm, and he had a lot of fun talking about gifting it to Tennessee Tech. In fact, one day he called me and asked me to come up, and, and again, they, he did not do the actual gifting until after I retired, but he was talking about it starting about 2008, I would say, something like that. But he called me one day and he said, I'd really like to show you some parts of the farm you've probably never seen. And I said, well, I've probably never seen most of your farm because it was a, a 
tremendous place. So um, he had a new Jeep, and we, uh, we spent the day in the Jeep, and we actually got lost on the farm. Uh, we crossed Roaring River at one point and ended up on, on land that I said, Millard, I think we just passed a no trespassing sign. Is that yours? And he said, nope. <laughs> so anyway, he loved that farm. And he was so proud when he could give it to uh, give it to Tennessee Tech, and it's such a resource for for Tech. Now there there was a big hydroponics operation up there at one time too. Is it still in operation? It is. Um, it, it is, and it's been modernized in the last couple of years. Um, we've had faculty uh, build new greenhouses and develop hydroponic systems that you would see in Europe. Um, more specifically in Spain and, and, and parts of, uh, of Europe. Uh, in the Netherlands as well, you'd find these types of units. And uh, just a few months ago, we were uh, able to hire a full-time staff member that would dedicate their time solely to that greenhouse production system. So we, we look for some really unique things. We were, as you know, we've, uh, School of Ag has produced tomatoes for many years, and people are very fond of those tomatoes. And so we're taking another level, and we're doing we're going to conduct more research now in those greenhouses. In addition to just basic, I don't say just, but basic tomato production, yeah. which involves some research, but we're going to look at other cropping systems as well. So, a lot of opportunity there for youth who, who may want to spend time in a greenhouse versus outside in a field operation. Uh, that you know the the technology and some of the newer hydroponic systems is just amazing, and so there's. It is, and and earlier you talked about the environment. Uh, there's also research going on about uh, erosion and the effects of cattle on stream beds, and the effects of fertilizer on on streams. So there, there are a lot of diverse areas of study, things to learn about in the in the school of agriculture. You're exactly right. Yes. Well, you talked about. Uh, oh, I wanted to mention one other thing too. Uh, you may not have met. Uh, the former dean, uh, Pat Bagley of the school, but Pat used to always, when he talked about the pre-vet program, talk about how fun it was to see students who wanted to be a veterinary until they first saw blood <laughs> and then decided that that experience really wasn't where they wanted to go with their life. So it's good to get your hands dirty on things like that, isn't it? It sure is. You're exactly right. Uh, and you know, that, that's one of the reasons that I'm glad you mentioned that, that we really promote internships for our students sure. so that they discover those things early in their tenure at Tennessee Tech. And if decide they want to change their major or change the career path, they have an opportunity to do that. And, and you know, as you mentioned, um, the wonderful Oakley Farm and the Shipley Farm here in Putnam County, those outdoor labs also provide this experiential learning environment where they can discover things that they had had never been exposed to. Uh, and it opens doors for them. It does, yeah. They uh, and it it's uh, it's very common for a college freshman and even a sophomore to change their major mm -hmm. a couple of times because they get exposed to things they'd never thought about before in their life, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden that gets them really excited. Well, you teach leadership, and uh, you have a quote on your website from Abraham Lincoln that I sort of wanted to end the program with and just get your thoughts on it. Uh, the Lincoln was quoted saying, I have an irrepressible desire to, to live 
till I can be assured that the world is a little better for my having lived in it. That's a great quote, and uh, I was impressed to see it on your website. Isn't that a wonderful quote? Uh, you know, I think for the most part that that's the mindset of a teacher is to have an impact on youth, uh, even adult learners, uh, because I've worked with many adult learners through the years with extension programming, and I feel I feel called to do that, to, to teach young people, provide opportunities they've never experienced. Um, I, I'm a firm believer, Dr. Bell, that, that, that we're put on this planet to help those less fortunate. I feel called to do that uh, in many different ways. Uh, and so I try to provide as many opportunities for my students. And in the, in the leadership class we talked about a few minutes ago, there's a service component. It's a, it's a, it's a leadership and a service. It's, it's an S course at Tennessee Tech, as you know. Mm-hmm. We have a really strong yes. service program at Tennessee Tech. And so they have to do X number of hours of community work. And it's a very diverse opportunity for that. I give them a, a broad range of, of activities to participate in. But to me, I, if, if, if you don't get them engaged in Cookville, they may just commute in, take classes and go home in the That's evenings right. or stay on campus and go home on weekends and never really feel a part of the Cookville community. And they need to. And so my goal is to, to push them into the, into the community, maybe make them a little uncomfortable, which is a good thing, and, and, and share those gifts and talents that they were given at birth. So. Yeah. Well, that that's great, and that is a, a great way to end this program. I want to thank you for the, the work you're doing in training tomorrow's leaders, and thank you for all the great work you're doing with 4-H and, and FFA and, and all of our ag students at, at Tech. This is Local Matters, and our guest has been Dennis Duncan, professor of agriculture education at Tech. Dennis, it's been great to see you, and we'll have to have you back again. Sounds great. Thank you.